Thanks for joining me for Two Each News, the podcast. Brought to you each and every week, I guess by the Bible, for news and sport in Newcastle and the Hunter Valley, the Newcastle Herald, and of course our sponsor, West Group. Thanks to West Group. I'm Barry Tui, alongside as usual, pushing all the right buttons, I'm hoping. <laughs> Wait for it. Wait for it. The sensei of sound. <laughs> <laughs> Simon McCarthy. And look, I can't take credit for that. A big thank you to Roland Spellman. Roland. There yes, you go. Blessings tw- be upon you, Roland. A, a Twitter follower who's um, <laughs> come come up with the sensei of sound. And look, if there's any other my Twitter followers out there that want to help me out each week because I am running out of superlatives for... Uh, for the man that's in charge of, <laughs> of putting this podcast together. So if you uh, if you can help me out with any, let me know. Because I'll certainly use them. Excellent. But, uh, as I say, thanks to Roland for that one. That's it's actually it's one of my favourites, the sensei of the sound. Sensei of sound. That's sensational. That's terrific. <laughs> okay, another week. Um, and unfortunately another loss for the Newcastle Knights. Um this one a little harder to take, I guess, against a a very beatable Roosters side at home in front of nearly, uh, what, there was nearly 22,000 fans there. So, yeah, very disappointing. Obviously, this week, a big game against the defending premiers, Penrith, at Penrith. Um, rarely get beaten down there in Penrith, so it's uh, going to be a big task for the Knights on Saturday late afternoon game. Um Let's take, they can cause an upset. They nearly beat them. They should have beaten them in Newcastle earlier this year. So um, let's hope that, um, yeah, the boys can rise to the occasion and play a little bit better than they did in the first half last week against the Roosters, which was very disappointing and cost them the game and two points um, yeah, went begging again, unfortunately. Okay, well, this week we'll obviously open the, the Twitter mailbag uh, a little bit later. But first up, we're going to be talking to, well, he's a man who played with two clubs and won premierships with two clubs, um, one of them being the Newcastle Knights. So it's, we'll be back with Paul Marquette after this. We're we recording this. There he is. Renault. Hey, Phil. Hey, guys. Are we on? Are we recording? You're ready for us, are you? Hello, mate. If you're ready, we can call me back. Oh, we are sort of recording, but I've got a little intro to read first before... Uh... Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess this week, Knights Prop, Daniel Safiti, Nathan Ross, Jared Mullen, Anthony Seabold, Jaden Braley. It's a great privilege to have uh, Tim Zhu, Mark Hughes. Hello, Hughesy. Mitchell Pearce, the greatest knight of all time. Paul Harrigan, good morning. Kurt Gidley, welcome to the podcast, kids. The one and only Kirk Reynoldson. Hello, Renner. Mate, I've been waiting my whole life for this, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> It's great to have one of the unsung heroes of two premiership victories with two clubs, the Knights in Melbourne. A very big welcome to Paul Marquette. How are you, Peppy? Not too bad, thanks, Barry. Yourself? Very well, mate. Very well. Long time no catch up. How, how have you been, mate? Yeah, been not too bad, actually. Been yeah. going all right. Life's good. What's happening work-wise? Uh, just working out at Tomago Aluminium. Just out the smelter there. Okay, so because I think, um, were you a carpenter? Did you were you a carpenter yeah, car, by yeah. trade? Is that what you're still doing, or no, nah, no, nah, just um, 
this work, this uh, operator. Yeah, but I was carpenter by trade. Yeah. Okay, so how long have you been working out there? Um, this is about my seventeenth year. I think. Oh wow! So you're a yeah, you're a fixture in the joint then now. Yeah, yeah, permanent now. Well, mate, what about the footy? Uh, fantastic career. I, I I wonder whether you pinch yourself at times, um, not not believing that um, you know you had such a such a fantastic career. Yeah, yeah, I was. Um, I didn't think I'd get that far, but I was very fortunate, and especially towards the end there to pick up a couple of premierships just before I retired. So, uh, Raymond Terrace Jr., take us back to to um, how you first because you're. You're an original knight. In actual fact, um, you're one of the few players out there, I reckon, that's probably uh, done it twice. You're, a, you're actually a, a, an original knight who won a premiership with Newcastle and you're an, an original Melbourne Storm player who won a, a premiership with the Storm. I don't think that's happened very often. No, no. Like I said, yeah, I was lucky to, to win both premierships towards the end of the career. Yeah, so so you, you, you're a junior back with... With uh, the Magpies at Raymond Terrace, how, how did you, or when did you first um, pick up um, a spot at the Knights in the in the junior grades? Um, yeah, I started off. I was back in '88. Um, I was very lucky at the time when I was at high school at Raymond Terrace High. One of the um, PE teachers, Grant Bell, was was um, involved with the Knights heavily. What's that, sorry? He was heavily involved with the Knights. Yeah, yeah. He was my under-18s coach for the Raymond Terrace Magpies. And then um, he was also assistant. He was given the job as assistant coach for the under first under-21 side. Yep. And he just said to me, oh, I think you're good enough to make, maybe make the under-21 side. Do you want to try? And I said, oh, yeah, I'd love to. So... So he got me a trial and, and it just went from there. Um, I got a 21s train on squad, but they, um, they didn't want me and a few of the other players. So we, had, we went back to the Jersey flag. So I was in the first Jersey flag side. Um, we come second that year, I think. I think Balmain beat us in the grand final. Yep. And then, yeah, and then we got picked up, went up into the 21s. At the end of the year, and then just went from there. Yeah. So you made your um, NRL. Oh, it wasn't NRL back then. It was probably New South Wales rugby league back then, back in the nineties. Uh, in nineteen ninety, you made your NRL debut. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't remember who it was against. Delphi Truth. I think Gold Coast was it or Gold Coast? No, I'm not sure who it was against, mate. I thought it was, I think it was the first round in in nineteen ninety. You probably come off the bench, did you? Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> Tell you the truth, mate. My um, memory's not that that good anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, mate, you you were a, a regular. I think you played well, you played eighteen games. I think in that first season, and you were at the Knights for seven seven straight seasons. Basically, um, New South Wales Rugby League for the first uh, what five seasons, and then it became the ARL in. In 1995, you had a couple of lean years games-wise in 93 and 94, but then you played in 95, I think you played 24 games. They hardly missed a game and, and 21 games the next year. But then you went to the, the Hunter Mariners. You signed with Super League. Um, yeah. And, of course, as 
quite a few of the Newcastle players who've signed with Super League uh, back then. You missed out on that 97 premiership. That must have been pretty gut-wrenching given the fact that, you know, you'd, you'd been there since day dot, um, seven seasons, and, and you, uh, you missed out on that premiership. Yeah, I was pretty filthy, actually. Yeah, yeah I was thinking, you know, that the one of the year I, I left, yeah. But, was that a financial uh, decision to go to the uh, to the Mariners? Oh, no, not not really. I was just, I just like their concept at the time where they were trying to take it to the world, you know, and then, and, you know, like that year, they said they'd have the World Cup, so we, you know, we went to England for three, four weeks, played over there, and then the English sides come back over to Australia, and we played another three, four games, you know, and then we made the um, semi-finals and went back to back to England again to play Wingen, beat Wingen at Wingen, and then we ended up at New Zealand to play play for the Grand for the World Cup against. The Broncos, so I just like the idea of them trying to take it more global, you know. Yeah, well, you, so you, you saw a good part of the world, mate. Yeah, yeah, it was a good year. I really enjoyed that year. It was a um, good bunch of blokes, good coach in Muzz. And, and, uh, yeah, Graham Murray was coach. Um, was, it, was it tough for you? Um, I guess the, the competition was split. In that year, was it how tough was it for for you guys to be sort of ostracised a little bit by the the Newcastle fans? Oh, it was a little bit. It was it wasn't too bad because Muzz he kept us pretty tight, you know, and we and we didn't didn't really worry, didn't really face us that much, you know. Like it was, um, he just made sure that we were all happy and tight knitted. So yeah, it was an enjoyable year actually. Well, you you had the honour of scoring, and I don't know whether you remember this either, but you scored the first try for for the Mariners in in the Super League competition against. Uh, I think you got beat by uh, I'm thinking Canterbury yeah, in the in that first game, but you scored the first try, which you go down in history as being the Mariners' first try scorer, mate. Yeah, I do remember that because I, I didn't score many tries. So you ran what yeah. 55, 60 metres? Did you to score? Uh, oh, I can't remember doing that. I mean, uh, <laughs> well, that's what you should five, tell people. <laughs> yeah, no, I never scored any long, uh, long-range tries, that's for sure. Yeah. And obviously, when Super League folded, um, the major, oh, the competitions came back together the following season. The the, the Melbourne Storm were, were formed and the majority of the the Mariners or the Hunter Mariners players sort of, or not when I say the majority, probably a good few of them anyway, particularly the Newcastle guys, all ended up going to Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, it was, um, actually, it was very good, actually. It was very good for me anyway. But, yeah, when um, when we folded, they were talking about merging with the Gold Coast. And um, I come home to, you know, the family, what Mandy, my wife, and said, you know, oh, we might be going to the Gold Coast, merging with the Gold Coast, or we might be going to the Gold Coast. And I was pretty excited about, you know, going doing that for a couple of years. But then that, that didn't uh, eventuate. And then, yeah, and then um, I was told that Melbourne were interested in a few of us. So, yeah, we all jumped on the plane, went down to the Melbourne for a day, and they showed us around, Chris, Chris Anderson and... Um, Johnsy and Revo and and yeah, we really liked it and 
thought it'd be a great place to live and they were going to be a good team with the roster they had. So I'm glad I jumped on board, yeah. Well, you've had teammates like, uh, I guess, Brett Kamali, Robbie Ross, um, Rodney Howe. Yeah, Richard Swain. Boy, Rich, Richard Swain. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so Benny you... Carlo. Yeah. So you had, yeah. you had some players that you you knew fairly well, so that would have made it a lot lot easier transition for you. Yeah, and Scotty Hill was there. Scotty sort of Hill stuff. was another one, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, I'm not much of a um, social butterfly or a talker, so yeah, made it... Like, there was a, I think there were seven of us all up in that side that first year, so it made, yeah, it made it a lot easier for me. Yeah, definitely. Well, you went ended up going down there for for three years, mate. You stayed down there for for three years, um, and played a stack of games. Um, I think you twenty seven games in in the first year with the Storm, and then twenty eight in the second year, and twenty four in the third. So you didn't miss many games through injury injury back then, and and you had some success. Obviously, um, nineteen ninety nine was a big one. You played uh, in the back row. In the Storms, twenty to eighteen win over the Dragons. A very controversial win over the Dragons. Actually, what what are your memories of that game? Obviously, that was the game that uh, that uh, Craig, Craig Smith, Smith was awarded the penalty try after being clobbered by Jamie Ainsco. Yeah, by Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was a, it was a good game. I was yeah, very lucky. Like that, I think they were in front at first half. They were pretty well over us the first half, but I think then we come out in the second half and. And um, improved a lot more, and then yeah, and then that try in the corner. Well, I think yeah, Smithy would have caught it. I think but Jamie got a bit of um, a bit too aggressive there, and yeah, but it was no, it was a good win though. Yeah, it was especially um, like my first win. I thought I was thirty. It was on my thirtieth birthday actually. And I thought, oh, was that? Oh, yeah, what I was a great never present. Gonna a, never going to win a grand final, and yeah, and to do it. You know, it was so late in my career, I was uh, static, yeah. Have you, had you won any grand finals at all during your, even as a junior? No, no, no never. That was my first, and even at the night, you know, I played two grand finals with the reserve grade side there, 93, 94, I think it was. Yep. Lost both of them. Yeah. And then, and then the same there, they won in 90, 95, I think, at the reserve grade. So we, we lost 93, 94, and then they... I they won when you went up to first grade. Yeah, and then they won it in the, the 95, yeah. Yeah, well, you'd, you'd, but that, that year that Melbourne, you won the grand final against the Dragons, the Dragons actually beat you in the, the qualifying final. They flogged you 34 yeah. to 10. That was only, what, three weeks beforehand. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Well, we come off, I think we come off a bye, and I think we'll be, I always reckon, you know, you're better off playing than having a bye because you, you fall off the pace of the game, and... Yeah, and I was even down at home, I think, too, which was even more surprising. I think it was, yeah, it was a real shocker, a real wake-up call for us, yeah. And and prior to that, mate, 98, I think you you lost the prelim final to Brisbane, very, very strong Brisbane side, fairly heavily, and then, obviously, 2000, Newcastle beat you in the, the quarterfinal, uh, which, which put you out. But you had some, uh, yeah, some really successful years down there. Did you enjoy... Living down there and uh, pr- probably being in a bit of obscurity down there a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was a great place. Like it's a great city, good place to live, and the club's really good. You know, very um, family orientated. Yeah, it was a good setup. 
It doesn't surprise you, I guess, that they've been so successful over the years? Yeah, no, well, they, they started, like, Rebo and um, Johnsy, they started a, a good culture right from word go, and, and we're going to, like, show, definitely show that they're family-orientated and they look after their players now, and it's obviously followed on. Yeah. At the end of... At the end of that 2000 season, mate, you you were probably contemplating retirement, were you, until you took a phone call from Michael Hagan? Yeah, yeah, I was, um, yeah, I was, uh, what was I, 30, would have been 31, I think. Yeah, and I pretty well had enough, and, and I was, yeah, just coming back home, and then, yeah, Hags just said, oh, would you like to go around for another year? And I said, oh, yeah, definitely, so. And I'm glad, glad I did. Well, you came back. Tired, for, yeah, I? you came back for 2001, and and uh, look what happened. You you were part of the uh, the grand final winning team against obviously Parramatta, but uh, and and just the opportunity to come back and play for the Knights again, mate. After um, all those years and and missing out, like you said, um, yeah, it must have been a bit of a dream come true that year. Oh yeah, definitely. But you know, wanna. Grand final in my hometown with you know, some of the boys like Joey and Billy and that that I went started sort of started with and went finished with. Yeah, it was um, very good. Tell us about playing with some of those some of those guys, man. And I don't want to be disrespectful, but, but um, from from the fans' point of view, you you weren't one of the superstars. But I guess, I guess from your teammates' point of view and from the coaches' point of view, you were one of the stars. You were one of those guys that was a bit of, as I said before, an unsung hero because you used to do all the all the dirty work, all the defensive stuff, all the stuff that, that some of the superstars would shy away from. You you were the bloke that was um, putting your hand up, rolling up your sleeves and, and getting down and dirty. Um, the, playing alongside the likes of, you know, Andrew Johns, um, Billy P, and you mentioned... Uh, Billy, obviously Ben Kennedy, uh, those sorts of players. Um, Steve Simpson, another one. Um, yeah, what was that like? Must must have given you a lot of confidence as a player to be to be um, playing alongside those sort of guys. Oh yeah, it was great, mate. They um, they definitely made. Oh, I always get a bit old. Ben and made my job a lot easier. Just coming off the bench, you know, just have to do your job and you know just work hard and then. People like you said, um, Ben and um, Joey, and that they'd um, be able to move the ball, use the ball a lot better. And as long as you know, I made life easier for them. They made life harder for the other opposition, which was um, which was good. Yeah. Did you ever cop a spray off Joey for anything? Oh, I'm, I'm sure I would have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there was too many, many that missed Joey out, was there? Spray. <laughs> there wasn't too many that missed out. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, but he he did set a pretty high standard and a pretty high bar, didn't he, for everyone? Oh yeah, mate. He's definitely the best player I ever played with. Like he had it all. He could kick. He could pass. You know, he had good acceleration, good pace off the mark. He was strong. He had the big glutus maximus. You know. And, yes. Um, Bum. And, and in the end, he was a, like great defender. You didn't have to try and protect him. You know, he was. Anyone that come his way, he'd whack them, you know. So it was it was really good to play with. And obviously, the the career finished back in England. Um, you had a had a season with 
Warrington over there. Not a very successful one team-wise, but I, I would imagine that um, you probably enjoyed it. You played plenty of games. Yeah, I did enjoy it, actually. I thought I was a bit hesitant about going. Um, Chris, not Chris, um, Steve Anderson was assistant coach at Melbourne, and he, he rung me up in uh, early January, I think it was, and said, oh, would you, because he was a coach over there, said, would you like to come over? And I said, oh, I was a bit hesitant, and I rung a few of the boys and said what it's like over there, and they said, you know, it's really, really good. So, yeah, I went over there, and we had a great time there. We really enjoyed it. The, the club was good, and the people over there really looked after us. And sort of a catch-22, I wish I'd gone when I was a bit younger and I could have stayed longer and, you know, played a bit better, but then I would have um, missed out on the two premierships, you know. So, yeah. yeah. What about um, that year, I guess, after that winning the premiership, did did you think that was it? That was going to be it? Yeah, yeah, I de- yeah, definitely. That's why I was happy to retire on a good night. You know, you can't nothing better than retiring on a premiership. So I thought, oh, that'll do me. And then, yeah, I was a friend. They were just ringing me up and saying, "Come and." I always wanted to go to England. They were like, so I was more than. Yeah, you know, I thought it was good. Yeah. And I guess. Um Speaking of England, I, I did forget to mention too that you you went over to uh, I think you went to England. You played St Helens over there in the World Club Challenge back in uh, what end of uh, the start of two thousand. Yeah. After yeah. you won the nineteen ninety nine Premiership and you won you won that game as well over there. So you you've had a taste in a lot of places, mate. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, like I said, that was the good thing about um, Super League at the time. So we even played. Um, the French side, that was our first, I think our first game in the, I think it was, sure, I think we played three games, had to play three games over there, and I think the French side was the first one, so we went to uh, France for uh, four days or so, you know, okay. and got to have a look around France, the Eiffel Tower and all that, Yep. and then, yeah, and then we went back to England, played there, and then like you said, we got in the foot. Against Wingen at Wingen, which was that was a real buzz playing Wingen at Wingen. Yeah. What about and the coach? Especially beating them. Yeah. What about the coaches you played under Peppy? Who, who who impressed you? Who, from your point of view, for your game, was the best coach you played under? Oh, well, they were all good. Yeah, you know, from Macca, Wadey, um, Mao, and then Chris Anderson, and then. And um, Robbie Finch started me off. I, I'd probably have to say, he's uh, oh, old. I'd probably have to say Robbie Finch yeah. right at the start. I, I really like Robbie in the way he just, you know, he was straight down the line, and yeah, he was, he was good actually. But they all, they all had something, and, and you all got something out of him. You know, like wait, wait, he was. Very technical and and even oh, I'm Alan Bell like Alan Bell yeah. is a massive help like yes. a massive help for me. Yeah. And I guess um, well, Macca and Belly back then sort of playing the sort of game that would have suited you, I guess, to a certain extent. Oh, that, oh, that's right. I was I'm more I was more a defender than an attacker. I wasn't real quick or skillful, so and they like defensive players. So yeah, I was more down their line. I think. Okay. Well, let's let's. Set a few things straight. I've I've always called you Paul Marquette. Now, yeah. in this modern age of getting pronunciations right, 
and players sort of changing their names. A lot of people call you Paul Marquette. Yeah, well, that's how I, I pronounce it, Marquette. Marquette. Okay, Marquette. so in it, what you're telling me is for the last 40 years I've been, I've been getting it wrong. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. You never picked me up on it, Peppy, at no, all? No, it never worried me. <laughs> <laughs> so Paul Marquette. Marquette, yeah. Very good. Very good. That's so it, what's the what's the originality of that? Is that uh, French. Uh, French? Yeah, obviously French, with Pepe. Yeah. So do you, do you remember who come up with Pepe? Yeah, it was Moss. Robbie Robbie McCormack. Yeah. And and what was this, what was the circumstance? It was just um the boys well, I I just say because my last name's French. Yeah. So he just one day decided to call you Peppy, didn't he? And it stuck. Yeah, as in Peppy Le Pew. But I don't, I don't want to talk about it too much. Yeah, but yeah, but Moss. Yeah, really oh, there was a circumstance behind it, was there? Yeah, yeah. And what? So and just, what? Can you clean it up for me? What exactly was it? Oh, uh, I just. Oh, I don't know whether I should or not. Yeah, come on. Just, uh, um. Oh, when I was first started playing first grade, we went down to. Uh, Playing, I think we were playing Manly, and the place we were staying at was um, you had to walk down a hill to get to the the cabins or whatever we were staying at. Yep. And the bus parked up on the top, and I was I was busting busting to do a number two, and I didn't want to do it on the the bus because um, I didn't want to stick the bus out, you know. Yeah. So when but before. Just before we got there, I, I was busting, so I had to go. So I went to the toilet, and then when I came out of the toilet, everyone was off the bus, and they're walking down the hill with their bags and that. And I've grabbed my bag, and when I finally caught up with them, they said, I said "They just said, Moss said, you know, oh, Peppy, you're pure man. You stunk the bus out. We couldn't <laughs> handle it. We had to get off. So and that's that's where it just come from. That's where, it, and it's stuck, eh? And it just stuck, yeah, and then shortened it up with Pep or Peppy. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. What a good story. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Given the fact that uh, Peppy Le Pew, for those who don't know, was a skunk. Um, yeah, yeah, the cartoon yeah. character. Yes. Yeah. So um, I probably thought that that's probably where it came from at some, <laughs> yeah. some point. But, uh, yeah, very good. Well, mate, you must be um, – how's your health? How's your body? The way you played, uh, I would imagine that your body's um, probably a little bit banged up. Yeah, sometimes I have good days, and then sometimes I have some real bad days. Do you? Yeah, but um. So have you got I'm any? Not going too bad. You got any? I guess you got some arthritis in a few places, have you? And, yeah, yeah, I've got some arthritis, unfortunately. I'm just trying to manage and live with, and I'm still trying to keep training because I'm a big believer, in, you know. Keep it Use fit. Use it or lose it. Yep. Yeah. So, so you do a bit of running still? Yeah. I actually um, train a girl's league tag side, the Raymond Hurst Magpies league tag side. So I just, you know, I like to train with them. So so that keeps me a bit Keeps bit you fit. Yeah. What yeah. about um, the big talking point in the modern game, obviously, is concussion. How did you, the way you played, how many concussions did you have? Yeah. yeah, quite like, a few though. Yeah, Colin knocked out probably three times. But the the worry was when you 
you'd come off at half time and you you couldn't remember playing that half, you know yep. what I mean? Yeah. Or you couldn't remember getting into the game or you couldn't remember running out at, at the start or, you know, or playing the second half. I was that plenty of those. Yeah. Hey, how are you now? Have you been tested? No, nah, no, nah, no, nah, I haven't been tested. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. But you're feeling okay? In that yeah, regard? yeah, yeah. Apart from I've always had a terrible memory, so. Um, <laughs> well, mate, um, I've, I've don't think I've ever been concussed. My memory's gone, so um, I don't think <laughs> that's not necessarily a prerequisite. But yeah, you still yeah, got to look after glad, yourself. Yeah, I am glad they are trying to, you know, protect the players a lot more now. It's, it's yeah, well, back good. in your day, it was the same as everyone that played back in your day. It was a you know, badge of honour to get back out there, wasn't it? Or get the smelling salts out and, and away you go again. Yeah, well, that's right, yeah. And, but, and on before us, it was even worse, wasn't it? Yes. So, yeah, back in Roachie in that day, like early days, they were pretty brutal, weren't they? And that's, you know, obviously coming home to roost with uh, a lot of players and some of your uh, ex-teammates, mate, unfortunately, are, are doing it pretty tough as well, so... Yes, all right, mate. Well, great to catch up. What do you, what do you, I guess, do you keep keep an eye on the footy at all? Oh, not 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 that much. I I haven't got Fox or anything. I just watch it on free to air every once in a while. Well, mate, you haven't even got a mobile. So why would you have Fox? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not very tech savvy, mate. No. <laughs> oh, you're the only. Yeah, I think you're the only person I know. Now that doesn't have a mobile, I don't know of anyone that ha- doesn't have a mobile anymore. Uh, to be well, honest, but um, I suppose I only lose them when I get them anyway, half the time. <laughs> Leave them on top of the car roof, and it's flying off the car roof. Well, you, and, and you, I think you told me that your daughter gave me, oh, gave you hers, and but you never turn it on. Yeah, yeah, I always forget, or I just throw it in the bag or the glove box, and I. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's great to catch you on your home phone, mate. Um, and um, I know you've been working pretty hard the last few days, so I really appreciate the catch up and and uh, look after yourself. A great career, mate. Fantastic career. As I say, you, from the fans' point of view, you may not have been one of the superstars, but uh, anyone that knows anything about the game, uh, teammates, coaches, all those sorts of people. You were one of the superstars, and I congratulate you, mate, on uh, on a fantastic career. Two premierships with two different clubs. Like I said, you were a foundation player with both Newcastle and Melbourne, and uh, should be pretty proud of what you did on the footy field, mate. All right, thanks, Baz. That was um, yeah, yeah, nice. Thanks. Good on you, Peppy. All right, thanks, mate. Right, mate. Tada. Catch you later. There he is, Paul Marquette. Marquette. I know a lot of people called him Marquette. That's why I asked him because uh, I, I probably knew I was doing it wrong. But uh, <coughs> anyway, um, yeah, all those years I was saying the, the wrong thing. Great fella. Very understated. You can tell by uh, the interview that uh, he didn't have much to say. He was a he was a doer rather than a, you know, talking about it. Uh, but he... Uh, as I said, he rolled his sleeves up. He was one of those players that um, that his teammates loved and his coaches loved because he did all the tough stuff that some of them didn't really want to do. Uh, and he went a long way with it, which is fantastic. Okay, the Twitter mailbag. Um, 
First up, Adam Chris. Hi, Barry. What's your opinion of our halves, Gamble and Hastings? Do you think it's the right pairing for the future? I just don't know. I've always had a high opinion of Hastings, but I think he might be better at lock. Well, Adam, um, do I think that they can win Newcastle a premiership? Probably not. Um, I think Jackson Hastings at halfback is the halfback the Knights need at the moment. Um, good organiser. Um, and Tyson Gamble, well, you know, Tyson Gamble was brought to the club um, for this year probably more as a backup than a first stringer, but he played so well early on that uh, he's pushed Kalen Ponga back to fullback. Um, and maybe in the last couple of games, Tyson hasn't played as well. Uh, but anyway, hopefully he can turn it around against Penrith. But uh, I think from a long-term point of view, obviously the, the club will be probably be looking for somebody else at some point. Um, but Jackson Hastings, they've invested pretty heavily in him So for the next two or three years. So I think you'll find he'll be the halfback uh, and, and uh, you know, pushing the team around. Okay, Geordie Bates. Hey, Baz, is Simi Sasagi Canberra bound? <coughs> yeah, it's been a big rumour this week that um, linking Simi Sasagi to the Canberra Raiders. And... Uh, I can confirm, yes, Geordie, that he is Canberra bound. He will be playing for Canberra next year. Uh, whether he plays for them this year or not, I'm not 100% sure. It uh, depends on whether they can uh, or if there's a swap that both clubs uh, agree to. But um, Simi has got another year to go with the Knights, but he will be released to play with the Raiders next year. Uh, Ryan Aldis. Seems very unfair when a player gets dropped for missing a bus, but when you play well below average, there's no punishment. I don't want to single out players, but there were more than a handful versus the Roosters that were below NRL level. Yeah, look, um, obviously talking about Greg Marju getting dropped for missing the bus, the team bus out of uh, Brisbane last week uh, or the week before last. Uh, look, yeah, I, Ryan, I don't disagree, mate. There were some players that probably didn't play up to their potential against the Roosters, and that's what happened. They got beat. Uh, I guess the punishment for those sort of players generally is either a stint in reserve grade, um, but that's not going to happen because uh, there's probably not enough reserve graders putting enough pressure on some of the uh, first graders to perform. But I can see where you're coming from. Uh, Tom Binky. Hey, Baz, any updates on Frizzell? Also, have you been able to confirm or deny the Trey Moody rumour? Okay, well, Tyson Frizzell, nothing new there. Club's still negotiating. Probably waiting for Origin. Uh, well, certainly the second Origin game to be over uh, before they do any more there. Maybe... Hope, hoping to get something done, obviously ASAP, but not sure of the time frame. Still pretty confident that he'll stay. I'm pretty sure he'll stay as well. Uh, as for the Trey Mooney rumour, uh, Trey Mooney is a well, he's a a middle. He's a lock. Plays has played a little bit of back row. Young guy at the Canberra Raiders. Uh, bit of talk about him coming to the Knights, probably as a trade off for Simi Sasagi, but it won't be happening. Um, Canberra won't be letting him go. <coughs> uh, 
Zachary Garrard. I think it's Garrard. Or Gard. Not sure how he pronounces his name. Actually, Zachary, you might be able to help me out there before next week. Hey, Baz, thoughts on whether the comfort of resources and finance from Wes has been a contributing factor to the malaise at the club? As we know well, when the team was run on the smell of an oily rag, our commodity was passion and tenacity, which bred a formidable culture. Yeah, look, um, back in the day they didn't have a lot, to be honest. The facilities were pretty poor. Um, they certainly got the facilities that are as good as any clubs in the competition now, so there's no excuse whatsoever. Look, I don't think it's that. I just think that... Um, well, I, I think it's the lack of a winning mentality. I think that's probably the biggest problem the Knights have got. Um, and when they do get themselves in front, they p- probably don't do enough to try and stay there or they find a way to lose, whereas some of the better clubs find a way to win. That's the difference. Uh, Daniel Skelton. What needs to change for the Knights to win games? <laughs> They are playing well enough but going missing at crucial moments to put the game away. Panthers, Broncos and now Roosters come to mind. Yeah, I don't disagree, Daniel. They had massive chances to win all those those three games, probably the Cowboys as well. Um, I think, as I said, winning mentality. I think leadership's another issue, sort of almost comes with it. Um, there's probably not enough experience players in there that are used to winning all the time. And, uh, yeah, that probably a little bit of lack of leadership and, and, and that mentality is, you know, costs them in games when, when they should be uh, putting the, th- the foot on the team's throat. Uh, they let them off the hook, which has happened a few times this season, unfortunately. Nathan, <coughs> love your work as always, Baz. As the deadline draws near, are the Knights any chance of getting an actual hooker, or has that ship sailed? If the Knights finish bottom three, would you say the coach and the staff are under pressure to hold their jobs? Oh, look, um, as far as the roster goes, they've got one one position to fill uh, before, I think it's August 7. Who that will be at this stage, I don't know. They're not urgently looking for a hooker, but if one became available, then obviously they'd... uh, certainly look at it as far as the coach and his staff go well um if the knights finish bottom three look if they finish poorly um and they would have to finish poorly to finish bottom three i think even though they're 14th i think at this stage um it'll be looked at i guess it depends on the results on on the team adam o'brien still got a year to go uh, whether there's another coach out there that can do anything more with the team, I don't know. Um, but it's all a bit hypothetical at this stage. And I don't know that it's, you know, okay, if he doesn't finish bottom three, he'll stay. Or if he doesn't make the playoffs, he'll go. I don't think there's anything set in concrete as far as Adam O'Brien's future goes. All I'll say is that I still believe, even though the team is languishing in 14th, uh, they're certainly playing a lot better than they have well, certainly last season and uh, even seasons before that when they won the semis. I still think the team is a, a more competitive side uh, consistently. Uh, Jason Emery, has Georgia Roach, 
joined up with the NRLW squad yet. Uh, no, she hasn't, Jason. Georgia Roach is the English international that's going to be playing with the Knights NRLW team, the 5'8th from England. Uh, but she's not here yet. Still waiting on uh, her to get a visa. So, But they're... You know, they've been saying for a few weeks now that oh, it should be in a couple of weeks, but they're pretty confident that she'll be out here before the season starts, hopefully with a bit of time to, uh, you know, have a few training sessions with the rest of the girls. Okay, uh, this is from a man who n- knows just enough. <laughs> a man who knows just enough. Do the Knights have a long-term plan for number nine? Braley may not come back, and if he does, he is carrying injuries. Are they shopping around or is it Crossland until Braley returns and then no plan afterwards? Oh, look, um, as far as Jade Braley goes, by the time he comes back next season, he will be uh, injury-free, I would imagine. Uh, He's got to recover from another knee reconstruction. Um, Crossland at this stage, yeah, he is the man. And uh, unless... Someone comes up somewhere to change that, uh, maybe from another club, then then Crossland will probably be that player until the, the end of the season. Um, Kurt Mann, obviously, although he didn't play much good when he came on at hooker against the Roosters, is still there. But uh, as for the plan afterwards, well, you know, there's a couple of young guys coming through. Uh, Riley Jones, young bloke that they got wraps on coming through in, New South Wales Cup. There's another young hooker, another couple of young hookers in the lower grades coming through. So whether they, uh, I guess it depends on if someone becomes available. If someone that they want that plays hooker becomes available, then obviously they'll look at it. Okay, bare legs. I'm struggling here, by the way. If you can pick my, uh, I've got a bit of a cold, so I'm struggling. If you can pick my voice, struggling a little bit. That's the reason. Uh, Two games in a row. Lost because of soft defence through the middle. A twin not making the effort play both times. We are long odds to make the eight this year. If we don't blow it up this off-season, how do we fix those obvious effort areas? My five-year-old broke my heart after the Roosters game, asking, why do we have to support the Knights? They always lose. (laughs) Oh, poor little fella. Poor little fella. Will you, Bearlegs, just let your son know that there's a lot to lot to like about being loyal in sport and and you've got to uh, go through the hard times sometimes to enjoy the good times. Now, I know the club's gone through plenty of hard times, but uh, I guess we were spoiled early on uh, with all the success that the Knights had. Uh, well, the two premierships very close together anyway. So, look, as far as... The, the twins go, look, yeah, I, the two Safidi guy, uh, brothers, uh, Jacob last week, <coughs> yeah, I, th- I didn't think his first stint was all that good. His second stint was a lot better in the second half, um, but he wasn't alone, unfortunately. And uh, I don't think Daniel Safidi's, um, <coughs> I don't think his form's been uh, too bad. And if you're talking about the the Brisbane game as being a game where, you know, an effort area, it was late in the game, the Knights were out on their feet um, when Brisbane came home with a wet sail. So I think there was some excuses there. Look, it's not easy. I I haven't got any answers as far as 
you know, what you tell your son other than to hang in there and, as I say, uh, you enjoy the good times a lot more after you've been through the bad ones. Uh, Newey Knights, only a few more. I'm struggling to get through them. Newey Knights, hey, Baz, with the roster almost set for a season, uh, for season 2024, and the two English lads, the only likely major additions to the current roster, where is the optimism for fans in in performances improving? Alex McKinnon says the players have an attitude problem. I tend to agree. Your thoughts? Uh, look, um, to a certain extent, I think it's on – I agree with Alex. I think it's on the players. The players – you can't play as well as they did against Brisbane in Brisbane one week and then expect the fans to be happy with the performance against the Roosters last week at home. Simple as that. They've got to find some consistency – if they, if they play like they did against Brisbane every week, then they'd probably be in the top four. But that's where that winning mentality that I mentioned before comes in. They've got to be consistent. And they've got to improve. And that's where, you know, the, the, the fans have to have optimism next year is that the players, the younger players in particular, need to improve. They need to get better. And that's, the, uh, that's up to the players, but it's also up to the coach and the coaching staff. Um, so hopefully that can be the case Andrew Williams Hi Baz Any comments on the article in The Australian On Robbie O Mark Glanville Glenn Miller Seems disturbing Yeah that article in The Australian Was in Saturday's Australian Talking about uh, Robbie O Davis Mark Glanville Glennie Miller Trevor Crowe um, And their dramas With head knocks And their Their health because of it. Yeah, look, you said very disturbing, very distressing for those players and very distressing for the families, I guess. Uh, Really, really tough for all of those guys and for any of the players that are suffering. Um, We just spoke about it with uh, Paul Marquette that um, some players are doing it tough and and, uh, the ones you mentioned are doing it very tough. So our thoughts go out for them. Um, Kyle Witten, hey mate, love your work for us fans. Curious to know how long do they leave man at fourteen? Doesn't scream game game breaker as Miller or Sasagi does. Any chance Sasagi gets a run soon? Well, the fact he's going to Canberra next year, probably not, Kyle. Although, um, if he's needed, obviously the coach will call on him. Um, yeah, look. Lockie Miller played five act reserve grade last week. I didn't think he set the world on fire there. Whether he's the right man to play fourteen when Kurt Mann can can play a little bit of nine, although you'd want him to play a little bit better there than what he did last week, as I mentioned before. But uh, I still think Kurt Mann's probably the the more viable utility player to play fourteen at this stage. Uh, Nemager, I think it's Nemager. I think Crossland could be a very good nine, but how much? Would it cost to have Cameron Smith tutor him for a week? Ah, <laughs> oh, dear, oh dear. Oh, I don't know how much Cameron Smith would charge to tutor uh, Phoenix Crossland for a week, but the, considering the club's got Danny Badiris working in there full time, who's if he's not uh, one of the best, well, he is one of the best talkers ever, probably second to Cameron Smith. So I don't know that we need Cameron Smith coming in when we've got Danny Badiris that we could be using. Hopefully we are using Bedsy for... Uh, 
those sort of purposes. And the last one, uh, a werewolf. <laughs> hey, you Baz, what is the likelihood of Dylan Lucas holding down the edge spot? Uh, the likelihood, I would think, a werewolf, um, if Lockie Fitzgibbon and Tyson Frizzell are both healthy, then I would think that uh, the best that Dylan Lucas, who's done very well in the last couple of games, um, the best that he could do was probably a bench spot uh, because um, Fitzy and, and Frizz are your number, number one and number two uh, back rowers without without question. So they'll certainly be in the starting side, whether uh, if they're fit, whether Dylan Lucas uh, can hold a spot on the bench, well, that's up to the coach, but... I would think probably he can, um, but definitely the other two in the starting lineup when they're fit. Okay, that's it for this week. I just got through before things got worse with the nose. But anyway, um, thanks for your company. We'll be back next week. See you then. Mm-hmm.